This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. After two years and 2,800 subpoenas, 500 witnesses, 500 search warrants, and evidence from 13 foreign governments, the Mueller probe concluded that Donald Trump and his campaign did not collude with Russia in its attempt to influence the U.S. election, which, let's not forget, Russia succeeded in doing. There was no collusion with Russia. There was no obstruction and none whatsoever. And it was a complete and total exoneration. Well, I'm always amazed by the huge sense of grievance in his voice, given that he found himself in the unlikeliest of results as president of the United States. But I digress. Trump is overstating the results. According to the summary, the probe is silent on the issue of obstruction of justice, though Mueller certainly did not find enough evidence to prosecute. And the reaction to all of this seems to be breaking down along party and Trump approval lines. Those who like the president say this is great and it puts the whole thing to rest. Democrats and those who oppose Trump say the attorney general is biased and they want to see the whole report and they want to continue probing the president. What do you think people on this side of the border seem to have as passionate views of Donald Trump as those who are uh, living in his country. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Now let's go to Tiana Lowe, who is a commentary writer for the Washington Examiner, and Ed Unger, who is the co-chair of Democrats Abroad Canada. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Okay, great. Let's start with Tiana, who is in Washington. So uh, this, uh, was it a bombshell? Was it what everyone expected? Well, it's certainly what I was expecting. For a long time, I've maintained that the longer the probe went on without there being any indictments of Americans specifically for collusion um, or for conspiracy to collude, the more likely it was that Trump was in the clear. Let's be honest here. It, 22 months into a probe, if there's no smoke, there's no fire. And there really wasn't. You know, someone like Paul Manafort has been dealing in corruption and working on behalf of the most evil dictatorship on planet Earth for years. This is nothing new. He was doing this 25 years ago. So the idea that he would get, that he would be facing tax charges, and the idea that that certain lower level members of the administration would be facing process charges, that was all entirely predictable and had nothing to do with whether or not Trump and Putin were conspiring to collude. Well, yeah, but he may have been involved with all of that for years. But why was he chair of the campaign? Ed Unger, how do you interpret these results? <laughs> well, the four letter pay uh, four page letter 
by Barr is not the Mueller report, which runs, I imagine, into hundreds of pages. <laughs> we have to see a lot more before we can say, gosh, he, he was fine all the time, Mr. Trump was. No, no, no. And we have all sorts of other things that Trump is being investigated on right now. And as, as, uh, as, uh, we all both agree on, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And we should have a lot of sunlight on Trump's business practices, on Trump's, uh, conflict of interest, uh, actions while he's been in the presidency. There's lots of sunlight to be shown. What's well, the, t- our- go well, ahead, Tiana. Just to that point, this is something that I've long failed to understand why the left hasn't just focused on Trump's actual dealings within the Oval, why they were waiting for this Russia silver bullet. Because this is someone who is, I mean, he spent his entire career just bankrupting, bankrupting investors. So it's not like there isn't a lot of source material to work with. But instead, there was just a specific obsession with Russia, and it was overblown. I mean, I don't understand why that would be what you would hinge all of your hopes on if you were betting on trying to take down a president. And Tiana, what is the view of William Barr? Um, Is it a general view that he's biased in favor of Trump? And do you think that he's going to release the whole report? I mean, after all of this, isn't it in everybody's interest just to release the darn thing? I mean, I think Barr is pretty widely respected as an establishment uh, decent figure. It's certainly a lot more establishment accepted than Jeff Sessions, although Jeff Sessions, for all of his loyalty to Trump, obviously allowed he's he's one of the people who's primarily responsible for this being a very legitimate investigation to begin with because Sessions recused himself. Um, but I, mean, I think, again, I'm not an intelligence, so I'm sure that there are certain portions of the Mueller report that will have to be redacted. I don't see why anyone at this point wouldn't want to just release the full report at this point. I mean, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I am tired of really litigating the 2016 election every single day. I think the sooner the report is up, the sooner we can just move on and focus on actually governing this country and on the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a pile of other probes, uh, mostly in the Southern District of New York, and they're focused on Trump's business practices. So, Ed Unger, how much are you pinning your hopes on that? And, and also, I'm, I'm wondering, what is the relevance of that to the presidency? I think that he, he couldn't be indicted while president anyway. Oh, well, okay. There's several things. First, um, let us never forget and let us honor Richard Milhouse Nixon when he declared that the people have a right to know if their president is a crook. And that's what, in part, the Southern District of New York federal prosecutors are looking at. And it's also what the attorney general of New York state is looking at. And, and the interesting thing, of course, well, for some reason, the, uh, self-dealing charity that, uh, that the Trump family, uh, put up, it, for some reason, you can only sue him in civil court 
for basically using the charity as a slush fund, but they're looking at that. Um, and if that gets in, uh, to, you know, and, and is basically proven in court, that's a, a reason for the Senate, uh, for the House committees to investigate. And yes, the Senate committees too, if they ever really do. Uh, the, um, the, the, the New York, uh, Southern District of New York federal prosecutors are looking at one, this $107 million inauguration fund, twice as much as the Obama inaugurations, and they had half as much activities. Doesn't look right. And all the Russians that came to partake in the inauguration, that's another interesting thing. Oh, uh, we have this, Russians again. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were lots of Russians at the inauguration, and they had prime, prime seats. Tiana, uh, is that that Um, a big issue? Just let me uh, bring Tiana in on that. I mean, the secret to Trump's foreign policy is no secret. Trump thinks that foreign policy is conducted via personal relations. And I think that he sort of admired the strong man facade that Vladimir Putin has and thought that he could use being a strong man in turn as sort of his means of negotiating with Putin. Anyone who's who's followed foreign policy for longer than 55 seconds knows that this is exactly not true. And this is how you wind up pandering to dictators. The biggest issue Trump faces legally are likely these campaign payments to Stormy, these, these payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. Yes. The best defense that Trump would have against those is the John Edwards defense, which is I didn't silence them to influence the outcome of the election, but instead to hide it from my wife. <laughs> However, if you look at the timing of the campaign, pay, or if you look at the timing of the payments to them, and what AMI and David Pecker have told the Southern District of New York, they said that Trump specifically did it to influence the outcome of the election. So that's the one charge, or those are the sets of charges that I think will land him in the most amount of trouble. If only because it was something that was specifically concealed from the American public to influence the outcome of an election. Whereas Trump being a corrupt businessman, he's been doing that forever, and people voted him in knowing that that's what he does. Uh, right. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if he ran on, I'm a corrupt businessman and you should elect me because I'm just as corrupt as everybody else. I don't think that's why people voted for him. But if you think so, that that's you don't fine. Think a little and then the Republican Party should proudly run on that again. Well, people, um, I think the people who voted him in interpreted it as uh, we think he's a smart businessman. Uh, and they would tend to uh, think that people are out to get him. But again, if if he is found guilty of uh, bad business practice, corrupt business practices, tax evasion, bilking his charity, all of that, he can't face consequences on those until he's out of office, right? Uh, well, Which means that... Oh, just just as a side note, this this works very well for Kamal Harris. His entire angle is I'm a prosecutor. Well, there are consequences he can face before he leaves office, especially if the state of New York attorney general and prosecutors convict him of something. (laughs) He can't stop it, and they can go and... and, uh, 
who knows? I mean, assuming they can get him on criminal activity, and that's really hard given the laws of New York at this point. Uh, although, let's put it this way, a lot of questionable activity will be put to light. Um, yeah, theoret- who knows? No, no state uh, government has convicted a sitting president of a crime before. So we don't know that. Uh, it's quite possible he, he may not ever be able to come back to New York State again without ever uh, fearing, uh, you know, taking up residence in uh, Rikers Island and then on to Ossining and so forth. Mm. Uh, let's uh, take a couple of calls. Please hang on, uh, Tiana and Ed. Let's hear from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I, um, I paid a lot of attention to, uh, CNN. I've CNN junkie. I've had my family in the U.S. And, you know, it's a very sad day for democracy, what is going on in the U.S. And as most of us know, if you're meeting with American people you don't know, you don't raise the issue very often of, uh, uh politics. Um, uh, I think that uh, this may solve itself in that uh, there's rumors, and certainly this morning, of uh, a recession coming, and therefore that may help uh, uh, dissuade people. But, oh, it is so sad to see the amount of hatred that is occurring in the U.S., and we should be so thankful that we're here in Canada. Uh, I think we we are. Thanks for that, Pat. Thank you. Let's go to Barb in Toronto. Hi, Barb. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Great, thanks for taking my call. I want to say that on the news report just prior to your show, they said it didn't, uh, the report did not exonerate him, but they did not find him guilty. Whether he's guilty or not, uh, Trump has had enough, he has enough problems that, that he's caused himself that he's going to be caught on something. The man is pure evil. A lot of people uh, feel that. Thanks. Yeah, and and his business feelings leave yeah. so much to be desired. And I find, and I'm generalizing. I was in the states recently, and the only people that I discussed uh, Trump with were people that were well educated. And I'm not saying that all Trump supporters are not well-educated. I'm saying that well-educated people that I spoke to were not Trump supporters, cannot believe that he is running their country, and he wasn't elected by the popular vote. My understanding is he got in through the... um, Yeah, but that's their system. He got in... The electoral. He he got in uh, by winning under their system, and that's a a legitimate win, even though there was a lot of funny business in the lead-up by the Russians. Barb, thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, so what would stop, Tiana, what would stop Trump supporters from, uh, you know, if in these continued probes just saying this is more witch hunt? So I think that if, if Democrats continue to cling to prosecuting Trump over things related to the Russia matter, it really will be a witch hunt. Because so with regards to that previous caller's point about the exoneration, 
So Trump was exonerated of collusion and conspiracy charges. What they what Mueller failed to declare was whether or not the evidence fully exonerated him of process crimes or of obstruction of justice. But the American people made clear um, during the Clinton administration that they don't really care about presidents committing process crimes. You know, I mean, Bill Clinton lied under oath and, and he did he was not removed from office. That that was a loud and clear signal for what the president will be. I mean, by all means, Democrats, I mean, from a purely strategic perspective, the only reason why Trump's attacks on the media and why Trump's attacks on the deep state work is because there's a grain of truth to them. Is the media the enemy of the people? Absolutely not. I'm a journalist. I value the fourth state, and I think anyone who lives in a democracy must. But has the media been specifically adversarial towards him to initiate their ideological agenda? Yes, absolutely. So I think that Democrats would be wise on letting Trump be Trump. Let him make his Charlottesville comments. Let him tweet bad things. But stop setting up or stop walking into his traps, which is precisely what they do. You know, you've seen this extremely sharp leftward shift in the Democratic Party since Pelosi has taken over um, the House. And that gives Trump a lot of ammo to be like, you can either vote for me and get bad tweets, but largely have things remain the same. Or you can vote for Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, abandoning Israel as our closest ally. And I think that for a lot of voters, that will wind up being a very clear thing where, again, you have a 2016 case where you aren't voting for Trump because you like Trump, but you're voting out of fear of the other guys. Yep, that's that's interesting. Ed, Ed Unger, uh, do you, yes. you know? Yeah, well, I'm- yes, if you, if you actually, the interesting thing is that these days, simply calling something you don't agree with as socialist or terrible uh, simply because you don't agree with it and you should fear it isn't working. The, the polls in the United States actually show that most people want some kind of Medicare for all. The details have to be worked out, but boy, they're for it. Yeah, but uh, Ed, the same thing, Ed, the same Ed, let thing me, with the Ed, Green New Deal, Ed, the same me, thing with the reality of, of climate change. It goes on and on and on. Now, I admit it's a question of how one puts it and, and packages that, but people are basically um, uh, favorable towards taking action along the lines that Democrats are proposing. I'm not okay, saying Ed, the Democrats can't mess it up the way they have before. Ed, can you hear me? Yes. Thank ahead. you. Okay. Sorry, yes, sorry. yes. We, we're having a conversation here. Uh, but your Democratic candidates are calling themselves socialists. Bernie Sanders, Alexandra Ocasio, they refer to themselves as socialists. And there, there is a feeling that because the field is so, quote, far left, at least by your standards, uh, that, that again, that's what's going to be what people vote on. But Tiana, uh, do you think that continuing to look at Trump and even on his business practices will just inflame the base, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a piece that I wrote this morning was basically how the Democratic obsession with Russia nuked whatever chance there was for like the never Trump movement to metastasize and develop an actual primary candidate. Because if you're someone like me who doesn't necessarily have a horse in the race, I didn't like Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. I was never going to vote for Hillary Clinton. 
you know, I could have been spending the last two years thinking about, oh, who's our third option? Oh, should we focus on the Libertarian uh, Party ticket? But just seeing this sort of all-out media and democratic assault on the importance of facts, while our president openly attacks the press and the importance of facts, I'm stuck defending people that I hate. <laughs> because, I mean, what matters more, winning a political point or us as a society valuing truth and due process? Obviously the latter. So when Trump is actually sort of attacked, for, by all means, excoriate him for Charlottesville. Lambast him for his inability to fulfill basic campaign promises. You know, it's obviously disgraceful when he calls Kim Jong-un my friend. But instead of focusing on these, it's you can't have the outrage dialed up to 11 all the time because people just get bored. People well, get tired of being told they have to be angry all the time. Well, uh, I think that's uh, our next caller's uh, point exactly. Merrick in Toronto. Hi, Merrick. Oh, yes. Good day. Yes, um, my observation is that... Um, the party, Democratic and Republican, um, was not able, is getting old, and they didn't prepare the candidate from the, each party to run uh, their own candidate. And um, because of the situation, Trump was nominated as an outsider from the Republican Party. So that's my one observation. But the second one is uh, uh, from I'm just a little bit laughing myself, but because I remember it was a competition between the Soviet Union at the time, and everything was Russian, Soviet was best, and Americans were saying, American is the best. And now, you see, the Americans are admitting that Russia was so um, smart and sophisticated to elect the American president, so this is a good topic for the comedy. Okay, so uh, you think people will be bored of this, Marek? Well, this is American politics, and it has a, like, you have an election, and you have a, the electoral the college who is counting the votes. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, a double uh, system of, double system of counting votes to make sure that uh, finally our candidate is going to be elected as the next president of the United States. Okay, Marek, thanks for that. Bye-bye. Okay, good luck. Okay, let's take uh, Kim in Woodstock. Hi, Kim. Hi, how you doing? Fine. Go ahead. I just find it hypocritical. He hunted Barack Obama for a good two years for his birth certificate. And the indignant behavior now that, oh, how could people perform a valid investigation on him is really ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, he did that whole birther thing. That's one of the reasons that he got so well known. And it was huge. He went crazy with that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a one-man hunt. And this, so this, I'd anyway, because nobody found him not guilty either. Exactly. Okay, Kim, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, this just in, uh, he, uh, President Trump uh, has underlined his support for Israel, and he has a presidential proclamation which recognizes Israel's right to control the Golan Heights. And of course, this is right smack in the middle of an election campaign in Israel where, uh, the, the, uh, yeah. judicial authorities there have said that 
the prime minister there, Netanyahu, who is guilty of corruption and should be charged. So uh, he's uh, all right into that. Uh, we're basically running out of time here. So, um, Ed, if you can sum up in 20 seconds, you've got 20 seconds. Basically, the whole Trump message has been based on lies from his birtherism to his his wealth to just about everything else. And the more that gets exposed, the more people will be wondering just what the heck they got themselves into. Okay, and Tiana, please wrap up. I think the most important thing about any investigations or conversations going forward is what will it change about what we already know? We already know that Trump is a charlatan. We already know that he was a bad businessman. We already know that he defrauded investors. These are all things that the American people knew and voted for him anyway. Maybe Democrats need to get their horses in order and run someone not as uniquely unlikable as Hillary Clinton. I would welcome that. I would welcome being able to vote for someone who is not Trump, who is ran by a major party. But right now, that's not where the rhetoric is. And I think that clinging on to this pipe string won't be doing Democrats any favors in the long run. Okay. Thank you so much, Ed Unger and Tiana Lowe. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.